1: That's not us. That's not, not us. Okay. Here us, go.
0: Yeah. Good morning. We're so glad that you're with us this morning. We're going to have a little fun. We're going to do some of the songs we did from our concert back on uh, April 30th. Uh, and so this morning, you know, we have such a we have such great musicians here at the church uh, I thought maybe it'd be fun this morning to just kind of introduce the band to you. Okay, is that all right? We can introduce the band. All right, so here we go. Let me let me get us started. Susan can get it started there. Here we go First out we got Andy on the drums yeah. Woo. We got Steve on the bass tonight tonight we're going to be over at grace baptist church they've invited us our worship band and our choir and praise team over to the over to grace baptist church in tullahoma tonight at 6 p.m to lead in their sunday night spectaculars so uh if you're not doing anything tonight come on over there at 6 p.m all right mr daniel all right
2: well good morning and welcome to worship we are glad you're here we're really glad you're here it's launch sunday and uh, we're starting off the new year. So hopefully uh, after we worship here, you'll get involved in a connection group, if you aren't already, Uh, but we're glad you're here, especially if you're a guest. Uh, If you don't mind filling out the guest card and the pew rack in front of you, and at the end of the service, you can take that up to the Welcome Center, and you can meet our pastor, and you can drop that in the box there. We have a gift for first-time guests, and that's where you can get connected to a connection group and see the options that are available there. Uh, We're excited to be promoting our children, preschool children and students are all moving up in grades. Uh, The the adults, uh, we've reorganized a couple of classes in some of our older divisions, uh, starting a new uh, women's class out of another class, so uh, that's happening there, so you can uh, think about what options uh, may be available for you. But uh, we're excited to start off this new ministry year uh, today and see what God has in store for us in the coming days. So let's pray and continue to worship. Father God, we are grateful to be in your house this morning. We're thankful uh, to be gathered as your people to give you praise and to hear from you, God. Uh, we want to uh, experience you as we worship, as we hear your word, as we sing our praises, God. So uh, help us to listen and hear, to be comforted and challenged, God, uh, that you may get all the glory. So as we uh, sing and we do all these things, may you be the focus of our praise and our worship and uh, so that we can be more like you. and we love you and thank you thank you for jesus and it's his name we pray amen
0: i think it's really kind of special today that we get to have a part of the choir i, I invited the choir I said if you go to eight thirty service come on out and sing with us this morning and of course at 9 45 we'll have that group and at 11 we should have them all uh, but uh it's nice to have a portion of the choir with us today helping us out yeah, yeah. this is uh one of those songs we sang we have just fallen in love with that Our our God is a provider of honey in the rock and manna. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. Praise God. As they go down, we'll, let's just pray together. Lord, we pray this morning. Lord, we thank you so much that you don't fail. You don't fail. Everything that you want comes to pass. And so, Lord, we know that we can rely on you. You have proved yourself in the past, and we know that we can trust you in the future. And so, Lord, we lay our hearts, our minds, and our souls, and our And our futures on you, Lord. And praise you for what you're going to do in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated.
3: Good morning. Good to see you this morning. Glad you're here. Hey, I need to take a moment to share with you about... um, An event this afternoon from 3 to 5, we have a reception for three staff members, one retiring, two who are celebrating anniversaries, uh, Megan Clayton, Tim Hensick, Daniel Dish. I realize Tim Hensick is doing the uh, closing today, and I didn't want him to have to Talk about his own party, you know. So I just want to share that now. He may want to, maybe he wants. You can come and ask for gifts, or I don't know what you want to do. But anyway, in case he didn't want to do that, come this afternoon. It's three to five. There'll be a presentation at three thirty. It's in the gym. We're honoring Megan Clayton on her fifth anniversary here on our staff. Tim Hensick is honoring his tenth anniversary on our staff, and Daniel Dish is retired as our administrator. And we want to honor these uh, great servants. So uh, hope you'll come and be a part of that. I'm sharing a series of sermons entitled "Love Your." church as we move to a time of transition in our church it's a time when our church needs you to be committed to be involved i talked about loving your church by giving I've talked about loving your church by being united loving your church by working and by joining and by gathering and uh, we're going to continue that today first of all i want to just as we think about loving your church i want to share with you a five minute video of an interview i did with a longest tenured member of our church who has been coming to First Baptist Manchester since she was four years old, 83 years ago. Would you take five minutes and watch this video with me?
4: It was on the square and it was on the face of Main Street. And I remember the I don't remember how many were attending, but we had the sanctuary and then we had two rooms in the back of the sanctuary and then we had a tiny little apartment for the minister and his wife and it was the tiniest little The girls, the junior high girls, met in there, and there were probably four of If we had vacation five. And much time was spent swatting the rocks and the bees with fans, trying to get them out of the women's barnets. <laughs> they <laughs> started recognition at the Ottawa
5: Island. That's now what's the site of Westwood Church and now Keller Life Church, right? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Mm-hmm.
4: And what was amazing to me? And mother would lead the singing, and at nine years old, I played with piano. That's right. I had a hard time reaching the pedals. <laughs> so I was mostly standing up while I was trying to play. And um, was very careful about the songs that I selected to be sure that I would play them. Right. But mother would take off uh, the living, liter- the children's living. Liter- had a good attendance. And these, I um, remember most of these people were like uh, middle-aged or older and they had never heard the gospel
5: before. Oh, wow. But they came every Sunday. That's so great that First Baptist Church has been involved in missions from the beginning. And you've been involved in missions since you were nine years old playing the piano was so That's incredible. But I will say that um, there was a time in my life
4: um, I had such a good But then I became self absorbed. And I soon learned that a life like that is an empty life. And I wanted to change it. So I started reading my Bible every day and praying. Didn't happen overnight, but um, I realized. and uh,
5: there's no joy like the joy that you've Amen. Amen. Jayden, you're certainly, what you say is true and thank you so much for sharing your memories and the history and you're a, you're a treasure at First Baptist Church. They're a long-term member and, and, and to share with us the history and from so the Foundation you. Thank you. As you have a sense
3: of heritage, I hope you will love your church. Today, I want to share with you one way that you can love your church, and that is by embracing the mission of the church. I went to see the new Mission Impossible movie starring Tom Cruise. very clean movie, by the way. And uh, it started as most of the movies do and as the old television series did. There's a recording and it says your mission, Ethan, should you decide to accept it. And then it tells the, the mission that is laid out for them. What is the mission of First Baptist Church? I want to share with you our mission statement. Our mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. That appears on our newsletter every week. That is our purpose statement. And I want to call you today personally as a church to embrace that. Where do we get that mission statement? Well, it comes from the words of Jesus, recorded at the very end of the Gospel of Matthew, the passage of Scripture we're going to look at today. Jesus, after his resurrection, shortly before his ascension, some of the last words that he shared are what we call the Great Commission, I want to share them with you in Matthew chapter 28. If you have your Bible, open there to verse 18. And it says, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. We're going to see the word all three, uh, four times in these three verses. And first he says, All authority has been given to me. So at the beginning of Matthew's gospel, when he was tempted, Satan said to Jesus, if you'll bow down to me, I'll give you all kingdoms and all their splendor. And Jesus resisted that temptation. And now, the one who can give that, the Father, has given to him by virtue of his obedience on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, he has given him all authority, both on earth and in heaven. He had a lot of authority when he's here on earth. He had authority over disease and demons and death, but now he's been given all authority, universal authority. Jesus holds all authority. Every demon is subject to him, every power, every kingdom on earth, all authority belongs to Jesus by virtue of his exaltation to the name above every name. And so Jesus said, based on this, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, and then he gives the commission. In verse 19, I want to share with you a little bit of the grammar of this verse. You may say, oh, no, I didn't like grammar when I was in school. I don't want to hear any grammar this morning. Stay with me because it's worth it to understand a little bit of the grammar of what we call the Great Commission beginning in verse 19. There is one imperative verb in verse 19, one command. And this command is the center of the mission of the church. There are other participles that we're going to look at that revolve around it, go before it, and go after it, and tell us how to do it. But there's one command. That command is make disciples. That's where we get our mission statement. The command, the mission of the church, has been to make disciples. Uh, that means that our responsibility is to help you and to help me become full-fledged followers of Jesus Christ. A disciple is a follower, a learner, one who is attached to a master, and the role of the church is to help people come to know Jesus and follow him all their lives. So nothing we d- everything we do ought to contribute to that. Nothing is Im- more important than that. We do a lot of other good things, but they all ought to contribute to that mission. There's a little book called Mission Drift. Uh, And a good little book, and it tells about how the tendency of organizations, especially Christian organizations, is to drift from their mission unless every succeeding generation buys into that mission and reaffirms it and holds it fast. For example, the YMCA. Its original mission was to help young men become followers of Christ. Why young, C, uh, Y, M is men, C, Christian Association. Young men's Christian Association. It started as a Bible study. Its purpose was to help young men physically develop and spiritually develop into followers of Christ but over the years the spiritual part got crowded out and it focused only on fitness and now they've changed their name it's just the Y the M is gone the C is gone it's just the Y it still serves a good purpose it's still a good organization but it's not got its original purpose they have drifted from their purpose of helping young men become followers of Christ Harvard University was founded in the 1600s, and its purpose was to train ministers to share the gospel in these new colonies. The seal of Harvard still bears in Latin their motto, Truth for Christ and the Church. It was for Christ and the church and it was bound to truth and today over 350 years later by their own admission there is nothing of God in Harvard University by the president's own admission he said there's nothing of the divine in our organization they've lost church they lost Christ and In my opinion, they lost truth as well. And so they drifted from their organization. Now, the same thing happens to churches. Many denominations that started out to lead people to Christ have drifted into other purposes, and they're trying to do good things. And there are many good things Christians ought to do. Christians have been responsible for the abolition of slavery, for the building of most hospitals in America, for the building of most private universities. There are great things that we do, but the greatest thing we'll ever do and all that we're going to do is to make disciples of Jesus Christ we believe the gospel is the most important thing we have to share more than anything else that the best thing we can do for a person better than feeding or educating or whatever is to introduce them to the one who can change their lives and his name is Jesus Christ and our purpose is to make disciples to help you become a disciple now how do we do that well in the grammar of this sentence there are three participles that modify this imperative verb a participle in English is an ing word so there are three words one before the command two after that these ing words are participles tell us how to make disciples going baptizing teaching let's look at those three participles one at a time the first one before the verb is going now it can be translated two ways it can be translated As you are going, as you are going, make disciples. So that means that wherever life takes you, your business, your role is to fulfill this purpose statement for your life. Some of you are about to go off to college, and we pray for you and wish you the very best. And as you are going, make disciples. Share Jesus. You, that's your purpose in life. Some of you are going into the military and it will, you will be stationed all over the world throughout your career. And what an opportunity that God has given you to fulfill this purpose statement for your life. As you are going, make disciples. Your work will take some of you and you'll move from Manchester to another area. And some of you will go to a place where there are not many evangelical churches. And you'll have a responsibility there To not just fit in, but to make disciples of Jesus Christ. As you're going, make disciples. Wherever life takes you, let this be your purpose statement. But there's a second way to translate this uh, participle going. In Greek, in which the New Testament was written, when there is an aorist participle before an aorist imperative, it takes on the force of an imperative. Now what that means is, In this particular tense and this location when it occurs in a sentence before that imperative verb it takes on the mood of the verb that follows it that imperative so most translations don't translate it as you're going which I think is very legitimate and that we want to hear that but it translates it with the force of an imperative go and make disciples so this is saying to us that there must be some intentional going to make disciples not just as you're going that's very important you go into the military go to college whatever make disciples but with the force of an imperative it is telling us you got to send some people out to make disciples you can't be just content with uh, reaching your family or those around you this is the, our basis of missions go and make, this is why we do mission trips we believe God's told us to go it's why we, in large part, are part of a denomination, uh, sort of a post-denominational age now. Independent uh, non-denominational churches growing the fastest in America. Why are we a part of a denomination? Why are we Southern Baptist? Because we cooperate together to make disciples to go. Uh, we believe we can do more together than we could do separately. And so we join with other like-minded churches to have an international mission board that's sending over 4,000 missionaries around the world to every country, trying to reach every language group because Jesus has told us, go and make disciples. And so you are supporting that in two ways financially. Every offering that you give in one of the offering boxes, every undesignated budget offering that you give to our church, 12% of that goes through... The cooperative program to fund that international and North American mission board and other things that we do and and so we ask you to tithe we're giving more than a tithe to missions because Jesus said go and make disciples we can't spend all the money in Manchester Jesus won't let us he said go and make disciples and we feel we are compelled then to support missions the second way that we give every Christmas we take a world missions offering and every Easter we take a North American missions offering and our international mission board gets about half of their support from the cooperative program from the percentage that each church can choose their own percentage some give none some we give more than most but that half of that comes through the cooperative program and then half of it comes through that special missions offering that we give at Christmas in the same way with North American missions at Easter But why? Because this is our mission statement. Go and make disciples of all nations. So here's our second occurrence of the word all here. All authority's been given to Jesus. That's the basis. Now he says, go to all nations. In Matthew 10, 5, Jesus sent out his disciples on a mission trip. And earlier in this gospel, in chapter 10, he said, don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans. That was a temporary restriction because he was coming first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. So it was a temporary restriction. We don't have time to go everywhere. You stay in Judea. You go in Judean villages. We're going to tell the Jews the Messiah has come. But now that restriction is lifted. That was a temporary restriction. And now he says, go to all nations. We have, must have a worldwide vision in our church, in our missions, because Jesus told us to. Now, there are two more participles in this sentence. They occur after. The imperative after that main verb. And so they tell us then the manner, the means of ha- what we're to do. This is the strategy. The, our, our mission is to make disciples. So, how are we going to do that? Here's two ing words that tell us the two parts of disciple making. Number one, baptizing. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So, baptizing. Is the summary the final step of what we call evangelism so this summarizes the first part of disciple making is evangelism because baptism is the way that you formally confess I have become a Christian I identify as a follower of Jesus Christ and I've been baptized so this part of disciple making begins in Preschool child care from birth or it begins even before birth. I prayed for my kids I bet some of you did before they were born that they would become followers of Jesus Christ So it begins whenever you know you're having kids because that's leading toward baptizing That's evangel- It's pre evangelism with preschoolers and when those of you who work with preschoolers in our church Or those of you who are preschool parents such an important important valuable role because just by giving them good church experiences and teaching them there's a God who made the sun and the flowers and that God loves you. Those foundational experiences are paving the way for them to come to know God in a personal way through his son Jesus Christ and then as they become children those of you teaching children eventually we come to the point where we're sharing with them the claims of christ that we're sinners and that we need a savior and that jesus is god's only son and through student ministry we share this and on through adults that wherever it is that is the work of evangelism the goal of which is to baptize In the name of the Father. Did you notice it doesn't say in the names? There are three names here. But it doesn't say as we would grammatically expect. Baptize them in the names of the Father and the Son the Holy Spirit. Why? Because there's only one God. Here's the Trinity in seed form in Scripture here. There's one true living God in the name. There's only one name. But he's three in one. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so here Jesus, before his ascension, he is laying out there his sonship. Jesus has been a little bit veiled about whether he's the Messiah, about who he is because he's not ready for the opposition that will come in the crucifixion until he has taught his disciples. But here, he lists himself as the second person of the Trinity. He is the Son of God. And he says you baptize them in the name of the Father, you baptize them in my name, and you baptize them in the name of the Holy Spirit, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that's the first part of our strategy of how we make disciples. To bring people to a point of conversion, experience, Laying that foundation all through their lives for, for preschoolers, children, students, adults, until you come to be baptized. You need to be baptized, is what Jesus said to do here. Now, there's a second part to that. That's not all of what it means to be a disciple. You think, well, we're just going to get people saved, just get them converted, baptized. That's all. No, that's only half of what it means to be a disciple. That's the first part. So don't think when your kids have become a Christian, or when the, you your husband becomes a Christian, okay, that's it, that's, that's everything, they're a disciple. Now, no, here's the second I-N-G word, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, in verse 20, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And so this summarizes, the word teaching participle summarizes what we call discipleship. Certainly there is teaching before baptizing to bring it to the point of that. We call that evangelism. But this is discipleship. And this is where our Christian development program and our connection groups uh, uh, come in. That we want when you become baptized that, you, that we are to teach you everything that he has commanded now the word everything that's a good translation but it obscures the third occurrence of the word all it is literally teaching them all things I have commanded you and so it is saying that discipleship must be comprehensive we're to teach everything that Jesus uh, commanded so the church we can't just teach our favorite stuff or we can't just teach the easy stuff we got to teach all things Connection groups as you start the new year, that's one of the reasons that we recommend that curriculum because it's designed to teach the whole Bible over a period of time. And if you just teach or if you just read in your personal reading your favorite stuff, if you just watch in your connection groups a video series, then you're going to pick out your favorite things and you're going to pick stuff that you like and helps you, and you're going to do parenting and money and those kind of things. But you you need a full-orb discipleship. You need every part of the Word of God, the easy and the hard. So you need to cover the Scripture because Jesus said, teach them all things I've commanded you. So this stage takes place from the moment of conversion until you get safely home to heaven until Jesus comes back again. Discipleship is for the rest of your life. You're to be a lifetime learner, a lifetime follower. You're to be growing. You're to be developing. That's what Jesus said to do. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Then, after the great commission, the great declaration is a great promise. And surely, let's take it it word by word. And, so he links this. It's the promise of his presence. I'm with you. And he links this to the witness. And... I am with you always so earlier in the gospel Jesus had linked his presence to worship in Matthew 18 20 he said whenever two or three of you gather in my name there I am in the midst of you so Jesus is right here now he promised us there is a link between our gathering and his presence right Matthew eighteen twenty. So when we worship, when we gather in the name of Jesus, he's here in a special way. But now, what he does in Matthew 28, 20 is link his presence not only to our assembly, but to our witness. He's not just with you here, he's with you there as well. And he says, You go and make disciples and baptize and teach them, and I'm with you always. You get it? He's with you for when you're on mission. And his presence is just as much there. And surely. So that word means to take note. You really need to note this. Remember, some translations take it. Take note. Uh, The the King James Version said, Lo, I'm with you always. That's where you heard the old joke about the Christian who was afraid to fly. And he said, uh, God's not with you when you're in airplanes. And you said, what do you mean God's not with you on airplanes? He said, don't you know what the promise was? Lo, I'm with you always. You know. Well, (laughs) Lo, low but uh, behold look some translations say, look this this is he wants you to take note of this this is what's going to get you through and lo, surely I am with you always notice he does not say I will be with you always grammatically we might expect him to talk in the future tense I will be with you always that's certainly true but what he uses here is The Greek form of the name of God, Jehovah, Yahweh, the I am. He's the great I am. And just like he said, I'm the bread of life, I'm the resurrection and the life. Now he says, not I will be with you always, but I am with you always. It is the God who created the world who is with you, the great I am, Jehovah, Yahweh. I am with you always. That's a good translation, but again, it obscures the four uses of the word all I'm with you literally it says all the days all the days Jesus has all authority he sends us to all nations he tells us to teach all things and he says I'm with you all the days in your good days and in your bad days he didn't just say I'm with you always he says literally I'm with you all the days day in and day out, one translation has it. Whatever you're going through, Jesus has said, "You're on mission for me, you can count on my presence." Some people say, "Well, it's not right to say that Jesus is with us. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father in heaven. It's the Holy Spirit with us." Uh, Jesus said, "Yeah, but I am with you always. It's me, the person of the Holy Spirit, I'm with you, always, even." To the end of the age. So that's a final reminder before he leaves. This world is not going to exist just like it has forever. There is an end to this age. This present age will end. The future eschaton, the future age, the new heaven and the new earth, the great day of judgment will come that separates the two. And Jesus is going to be with you until he wraps this thing up. And there is a limited window of opportunity to make disciples of all nations because there is an urgency Jesus is coming back again there will be an end to this age don't let the devil lull you into thinking you're gonna live just like you're living now forever there will be a dramatic end to this age and the beginning of a new one are you ready for that so how do we apply this I want to invite you to apply it two ways. Number one, are you becoming a disciple? Apply it to you about your discipleship. Are you, have you been baptized? Have you come to the point where you've confessed Jesus as your Savior and been baptized? And are you learning to obey all things, a lifelong learner? That's God's will for you. Are you going beyond this building to share the good news, going, baptizing, teaching, so you apply it first on the receiving end. Are you a disciple of Jesus? Today you could confess Him as Lord of your life and be baptized next Sunday. Jake will be baptizing next Sunday. You could be baptized then. God's speaking to you today. Then, secondly, apply it as your purpose statement in life. Are you making disciples? Apply that to you, first of all, as parents. If you're a parent, man, you're the great disciple makers. And your mission field is your children. And what you do is more important than anything anybody else in the world ever does. Moms, dads. And uh, you're a disciple maker. And God's given you those precious children. And you are to lay a foundation for them. Pray for them before they're born. Bring them to church. Teach them to the point that they would become followers of Christ and be baptized. And then as long as you have influence beyond that, to grow them in the image of Christ. Thank God for grandparents who are bringing kids to church and discipling their grandchildren. And then thank you to those of you who began today. Maybe you've re-upped, you've done it for 20 years, or today's the first time you're teaching in our church and you are making disciples. You are bringing preschoolers and children to the point of decision. You're leading students and adults perhaps to grow in the image of Christ in discipleship. God bless you. It's the most important thing you'll ever do with your life. And beyond those formal roles in the home and in the church, are you mentoring anybody? Oh, Don't let that formal word throw you are you just pouring your life are you influencing anybody at work are you watching for any teenager who doesn't have a dad are you looking for somebody who seems sort of lost are you just sharing christ are you influencing a new believer to grow in christ because if you've been a christian more than three years you need to be a disciple maker now that's how long jesus had with them before we get to this point so if you're in the first three years of a christ follower going to give you a pass. You might become a disciple maker before then. Maybe you're, you're just growing great and you're at one year in. You're already influencing others. That's great. But I'll give you up to three years in. If you've been in this thing more than three years, you need to be a disciple maker. That's the pattern of Jesus. So you need to be pouring into somebody else's life on an informal basis to make disciples. Jesus said all authority has been given me on heaven and earth. That ought to make your day right there. And he says now Based on that, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all the things I've commanded you. And lo, surely, look, I am with you all the days to the end of the age. Would you stand with me? Today, whatever God has said to you, would you respond to Him? Maybe you want to walk forward, come present yourself for baptism, become a member. You want somebody to pray with you? You want to pray for somebody that you're influencing? Pray for your kids, pray for your grandkids. Whatever God's speaking to you, you come as we sing.
6: I've got a friend Closer than a brother There is no judgment Oh, how he loves me. I've got a friend. And he is my strength. And he is my portion. He's with me in the valley, with me in the fire, and with me in the storm. Let all my life take. Hallelujah! We are not alone. God really loves us. God really loves us. Hallelujah. Oh, praise my soul. God really loves us. Us, God really loves us. His mercy's enough. His grace is sufficient. So come if you're needing forgiveness or healing. His mercy's enough. Whoa, and this is our hope the cross it has spoken death is no more christ is the lord oh and
7: man you can grab a seat as we close here just a few reminders our mechanism for uh, worshiping through giving are the two boxes there on the back wall so you can place any tithes and offerings there in those boxes as you're exiting And there's a lot of information about our CDP classes resuming and all of our Wednesday activities resuming and starting back up like normal uh, this Wednesday night. And so that information is in there. Those classes are listed in there for the adults, for the CDP classes. Check those out. You can find the room locations, the leaders, what classes are available. Uh, Children's ministry starts back. Student ministry starts back. Those start back at 6 o'clock. So uh, check out all the information in here for the Wednesday activities resuming again. If you would like to eat, we have a meal each Wednesday evening, and so you need to sign up today for that. And so if you uh, place your money in the box and and make a reservation the Sunday before, then you can eat on Wednesday. And so that helps our cook to prepare the, the right amount of food and make sure that we have food for you if that's something that you're interested in. So you can put money in the box for that as well and sign up and come and eat. Stay for CDP. Be here for the evening, it'll be awesome, all right? So, that information is in there, check that out. Want to remind also parents of students that um, of, of sixth graders primarily, it's an incoming sixth graders meeting that's next Sunday night on, on August 13th, and um, it should be, yeah, it says D204 in here at six o'clock. And so that information is in here. Maybe if you're just new to Manchester, new to our church, and you want to come and and learn about our student ministry, you can do that as well. Every year I have a few people that aren't sixth graders but are new to the church. Come check it out. It's just an uh, informational meeting about student ministry. So we'd love to have you be a part of that. Let me close this out in prayer. And then again, if you're a guest, as you're exiting the doors, head up to the desk, and our lead pastor, Dr. Cox, will be there. He's got a small gift for all first-time guests. Let me close this out in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for this challenge uh, to live on mission and to be going and making disciples here in this community and around the globe. And so, Father, we thank you for that challenge. We thank you for the people that have invested into our lives, who have discipled us, who have mentored us, who have just uh, helped us through life and, and shared their wisdom with us and shared how they're growing in their faith. And, and, Father, we thank you for people who are willing to share the gospel, Lord, I, I pray for a conversations that, that people are having with others in this room and, and with people at work. And, Father, I pray that you would just give them the courage, give them the boldness, give them the words to say that you help us all to live on mission. Lord, we thank you for your love and your grace and your goodness in our lives. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.